What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Today's episode of Night Call is brought to you by Roswell, New Mexico. Catch the series premiere of Roswell, New Mexico, Tuesday, January 15th, only on The CW. It's 2.29 a.m. in Roswell, New Mexico, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I am Tess Lynch in Los Angeles with Molly Lambert and joining us from New York, Emily Yoshida. Happy uh, Masked Singer week. Oh, yeah. happy Masked Singer <laughs> century. We had no idea we'd entered the Masked Singer era. <laughs> uh, we, we, we waltzed into 2019 so naive thinking, oh, it's just another year. But in fact, we are living in the world of the Masked Singer now, the Masked Singer extended universe. It felt like we were entering a new era. Yeah. The bird mask ASMR plague doctor thing that we watched yes. and discussed on the podcast a while ago. It's like I, it ruined the mass Singer for It me. came to life. It did. The- it came to life. <laughs> and I just picture them singing in ASMR voice. Well, people I know, like the billboards for the Masked Singer were amazing because yes. they were so... They look like a Vegas show. Yeah, yeah, or like a Black Mirror. They were just like the yeah. masks are particularly creepy on purpose, it right. seems. Um, I guess it's originally a Korean show. 
and this is the American reboot, but maybe huh. they, I don't know what the aesthetic of the original show was. I, I would imagine it was this because right. it's very memorable. I saw a clip where they were like, where it was not just a mask. It's like a, they have like whole costumes. Yeah. It's like a whole, like there's a lion one I saw. It's a full body suit. Ken Jong is like, I know that lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend Sarah Johnson was saying it's part of the Eyes Wide Shut universe. Yes. For sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's because they don't want you to like recognize people by their bodies either, I imagine. Oh, oh because that's really easy to do. Well, it's even hard. I don't know how anyone sings when they're inside like a hippo costume. Well, we were discussing this. I mean, is it recorded inside their mask or is it pre-recorded? <laughs> I have so that's many questions. That's what Tess questions. wanted to know. That was her main question was, are the vocals, how do you sing in that thing and have the vocals come out? How weird is it going to sound with the, you know, voice Muffled waves by. bouncing <laughs> yeah. off your bird There's mask? There's probably a microphone inside the mask. Yeah, I but guess. that's going to sound That's really probably why it's weird. so big. But maybe the acoustics inside the head are really yeah. good. They've created an, an acoustic environment inside the head of the mask. How would <laughs> you know what it kind that? of reminds me of is the, the ending. Uh, did you guys ever see Tony Erdman, which is like getting me no, no, no. with Christian Wig and Jack Nicholson? Yeah. The original is incredible. Uh, I highly recommend it to everybody. Is there a suit the, in it? There, Yeah, there's this like weird traditional Scandinavian suit that comes into play in the end, like this monster suit. Uh, and it's so... It's so bizarre, and it's like I can't even describe it. I mean, it, it does, I can't spoil anything. This is because, like this is like but, a kaiju singing competition. Yes. So it was like something <laughs> about it that's really funny because you're like, oh yeah, it's like kaiju suits, Godzilla suits, people singing, and it's not evil seemingly. That's what I was saying. It's like <laughs> even though it's like a dystopian reality show that feels good for our current moment, it's not like The Swan, the right. all time benchmark for feel bad reality tv that makes we've talked about reassuring yeah i think it's sort of reassuring in some ways like to think back on the swan and think well not everything gets worse that was don't have the swan anymore that was the point where i was like things can that was when i thought everything was going to be so bad forever right uh (laughs) did you guys how much of the swan did you watch all of it yeah me too not not horrifying it was it i I found it so hard i feel like we've talked about the swan so much on this show but we will talk about it again which is that it was a reality show where it was like they gave a bunch of average women insane plastic surgery hey. makeovers and then had them in a beauty contest yeah. uh, and somebody won and they were the swan. I just can't believe Fun it was stuff. real. It, it's one of those things that I feel like we have to talk about well, periodically to remind ourselves. What was amazing happened. was then they like followed the contestants after the makeovers and it like ruined all of their lives. I mean, duh. But I know, yeah. but they showed that they were like, my husband doesn't recognize me anymore. And like, oh we've God. grown apart. It was so fucked up. And you Dang. were just like, not everything that's entertaining should be on television. Because like, like, people yeah. would watch executions. Right. But it's also in the same vein of Temptation Island, where it really took, you know, finding out that a couple had a secret child and that they were like a casualty of the show to make you be like, oh, it was really a bad show. That I don't even know thing. about this Temptation Island uh, scandal. Yeah, well, yeah. The Masked Singer is also like, it's funny that people are talking about it. It's such a January show. I love August Entertainment. I love January yeah. Entertainment. <laughs> Best months for new um, stuff. So yeah, the judges. The escape room. The judging panel. Yeah, you loved escape room. The yeah. judging panel is like Ken Jeong, uh, Jenny McCarthy. Boo. Thick. Mm-hmm. 
Boo. Okay. And one more person. Nicole Scherzinger. Ah, no, boo. Can Ultimate I, boo. Can I tell you a fun fact about Nicole Scherzinger? Yeah, but can you say your name one more time? Scherzinger. <laughs> oh, I got Scherzy. She's the original Rita Ora. Yeah. Um, yes. Is that the song Amber by 311 is about her? It, the color of her energy? Yes. It's the no. color of her energy. Really? Yeah, she dated the guy from 311 and he wrote that song is about Amber her. Is Amber a bad wow. energy color? No, it's I don't it's, know anything about her. The color of your energy. It's chill. You guys, I, I just I just totally remembered something I've buried for years. I had a sociology teacher, I believe, who had us read each other's auras what? in freshman year, I believe. And I have I have completely that just like came back to me in a flash. Wait, please when tell you were us talking about it. <laughs> what was the color of your teen energy? Emily. I don't remember at all, but I remember thinking, why are we doing this in sociology? Did class? they interpret um, your aura for you? Somebody did. We like took turns standing up in front of the like pull down overhead screen uh, and and turned the lights out and apparently tried to read each other's auras. I don't like really remember <laughs> wait, any wait, specifics. Wait. I'm just like there was not an aura camera. Uh, first of all, I understand nothing about aura photography because no, I'm I like, don't know anything about it. I could not tell you anything. Guys, because it's, it's not real. It's I know it's not real, but I mean like it's how like do your, they make the it's effect? your heat. Your body heat. I know, but how do you capture it? Like, like what's you're a the device that camera. you use? A heat camera? It's like that thing in the Terminator's head. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? So he was just an aura reader. Yeah, the so Terminator was reading, was the reading their aura. The Terminator is a mood ring. Yeah, he's exactly. A, he's, a, he's a walking mood ring <laughs> that will destroy everything. Terminator apologists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Age Terminator is very much our vibe on this podcast. It kind of is. <laughs> I just want to hear a little tiny bit more about the masked singer. So Molly, you watched it. They they're both masked, and they it's two people battling. I it's, just need to know so I don't have to watch it. Different battles. Okay. And then it's, it's, it's a it's round versus? robin. It's versus. I thought it was just the guessing part. Oh no! Like it's it, there's out. also a complicated system. You have uh, to have system. a competition aspect. It is versus, and then at the beginning they tell you what the battles are, and it's literally like hippo versus unicorn, <laughs> <laughs> peacock versus horse. Yeah. Um. And you said one of the masked singers, spoiler alert. Yeah, they reveal one of the masked singers at the end of each episode. And I was mostly curious about like what like level of celebrity we're talking about here. Like, and you these, got your answer. I got my answer. And the answer was Joey Fatone. Oh, my God. Right. Do you ever have like, you know, when you're watching something from the 70s or 80s and you're like, oh, my God, everybody was on so much cocaine. Yes. Like people are going to look back on this era and be like, oh, my God, everybody was on so much CBD. <laughs> 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 it's like the weirdest, most like half awake, half remembered idea for a show. Like, yeah, I think a hippo and a lion battled each my other. My only complaint <laughs> is like the song selections are very American Idol. I wish it was weirder. On like, that what level, were the songs? like fight song. Oh, it would be great if it was just all like the Pina Colada song. I always want them to choose their own songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always been my issue with Idol. It's interesting to see like what the mentors choose, of course, because it makes them all seem like they just stopped listening to music at a certain point a long time ago, uh-huh. and they're just like, "I only know four songs now." They're like, and I'm we'll get you something them. edgy. How about Benny and the Jets? Exactly. <laughs> But I feel like that's what's nice in a way about the boys is they like choose their, you go in your false, go in your false. Mm -hmm. They like get to choose, I would assume. I always thought on the voice they like chose their own songs. But it seems like in particular with the mass singer, there should be that element because it speaks to who you are inside. Right. Well, maybe it'll give it away too much. 
Uh, yeah, but in a way, it's like a it's a good clue because you could choose a song that doesn't fit with your well, image and trick everybody. It also fits into the bird box universe. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's all about things you can't see. Things you can't see, exactly. Yeah. You're going just by voice. And you can be tricked we're all by into, appearances. We're, an escape room, it. too, right? Is there some sense isolation in escape room? Go with um, me here. No, but Two's there's, like, the elements. There's, yeah. like, <laughs> there's like a room that's just ice and a room that's just fire. Do they take place in reality? Um, in reality, like in the world, or like in a constructed environment. That's what I mean. Uh, it t- they go to a, they go the people in the movie think that they are in an escape room, like a really really detailed like high budget escape room. It's still like a but yeah, in fact they're they are trying to be killed uh, by, <laughs> by somebody. It's so good. It's so fun. I highly recommend it. Too spooky, maybe for me, but no, no. This is the thing about it. It's like not a horror movie. It's just a suspense movie with puzzles. Like it's not. There's not that much gore. It's rated PG thirteen. It's just like we're in a crazy upside down room now. How are we gonna get out of it? <laughs> oh, just... oh, it's a puzzle. <laughs> oh, speaking yeah. of which, I've recently gotten really into puzzles. You me guys. too. Oh, really? Me too. Yeah. Well, is this the new coloring? It, is everybody just simultaneously like, is. I love puzzles. You know, I yeah. was always really underwhelmed by the coloring fad. I don't know. I mean, I understand it's very soothing, but I didn't care mm-hmm. and I never wanted to see what anyone was coloring. Like, right. it just didn't interest me. But puzzles. But puzzles, puzzles are though. very interesting. I got these cube bots. I got them from a friend of mine. I stole them from my kid. And they're really, really hard to the point where I have to... What are cube bots? There are three-dimensional puzzles that look like little men made out of wood. Oh, you're and then you have 3D to fold already? them into Whoa. a cube. And it's so Whoa. hard. There's one that's teeny tiny. And it, it's been like months. It's been months. I can't find a YouTube on how to solve them. So I've just been like like sitting oh, there I, sweating. I just get frustrated and give up on I a puzzle. I love a puzzle. A, that kind oh, of puzzle. Oh, I love puzzles. Try it now, Molly. You might be in a different place. I don't think I that's found how I'm my in brain a different works. Place. I like Tetris. Then I you like puzzles. I played some Dr. Mario the other day. How it was, was it? Fantastic. Imagine Tetris, but like without the time constraint and then without the music getting faster, like you can just chill out and stare at the puzzle. I mean, I did like, a, I did like a regular puzzle over the holidays. I feel like a yeah, lot of jigsaw. people were posting puzzle content. Puzzling. We're puzzling. Because it's a wholesome, yeah. a wholesome activity. It's very stress relieving because it refocuses your stress back onto yourself where it belongs, you know? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. kind of just defaults to like your lizard brain a little bit. Exactly. That's yeah. Why I like no, yeah. Baking. Blinking. Yeah. Baking? Oh, I thought you said blinking. That's I was like, like blinking. Too, I suppose. You have to do it. You really have no I choice. Tried to stop and it was terrible. <laughs> Aren't there some lizards who don't blink? Well, there's the ones that lick yeah. their eyeballs. Oh. Yeah. Geckos. How does that make you feel? That they lick their eyeballs feels great. <laughs> I love it. I if wish I could. If you could lick your Jealous. eyeball, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking, yeah. I wish we all could. If you have something in your eyes, Did, just you was don't that want to ever use a, a thing? When you were in high school, like you would thing, lick like each other's licking, eyeballs, licking somebody's eye, and it was kind of like a, it was kind of a sex thing, but no. it was like people would do it on a dare, kind of like yes. in a spin the bottle type what? scenario. You just dredged yeah. up a really big memory of mine, <laughs> one okay, that I good. don't even know. You don't remember? There was that was a thing. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. I was you, you were busy. at the right party. Molly. I was too busy just putting stacking those quarters on <laughs> for dominoes. <laughs> Oh, guys, should we take a night call? Let's take a night call. Yeah, let's take a night night email. This is a night email from friend of the podcast, Aurora, who came to our first live show. Shout out, Aurora. Woo woo. Um, Aurora wrote with more information about the Integratron. 
More about the Integratron and its creator George Van Tassel's direct connection to UFOs. The Integratron was originally built as a rejuvenation machine, an electromagnetic wave oscillator contained in a 50-foot diameter dome in the desert near Landers. Constructed in the 50s and 60s by George Van Tassel, a former test pilot for Hughes and Douglas Aircraft, who moved into a hollowed-out boulder near the Integratron site in 1947. Ooh, 1947. Ooh, that'll come into play later. Van Tassel was interested in UFO contacts and the metaphysics of George Lahofsky, on whose principles the Integratron is based. The mechanical apparatus that generated the healing energy disappeared after Van Tassel died in 1978. In the early 2000s, sisters Joanne Nancy and Patty Carl purchased the Integratron, it has since become a popular attraction known for its sound bath meditation sessions. There you go. George Van Tassel also lived underneath Giant Rock nearby where he organized several UFO conventions in the 50s to the 70s. So... Rejuvenation. Yeah. I mean, I, I do remember hearing that the Integratron is not actually the way it's supposed to, like, the way that he intended it to be built. Like a rejuvenation machine? Yeah, like like it's not the full thing, the full uh, finished product. <laughs> if you were going to build a compelling, like if you wanted to either, you know, trick people or you thought like something might actually work and you were building a rejuvenation center, what would be in it? I mean, I think you just get people out to the desert and they're willing to bite on whatever you tell them is going to happen. I think yeah. you want a really hot, salty, salty, salty oh, bath. Oh, we've been talking about this a lot. A hot, salty bath? A hot, salty <laughs> bath. To me, well, I mean, Emily, <laughs> Emily sent along an article um, <laughs> that we'll talk about in a minute about the School of Practical Philosophy. But it made me think about... How like there's this weird kind of gray area between reality and the constraints of physics and you know that certain things can't be done. But then there's that like what if kind of zone, you know, where you're like, but alter states. Yeah. But it's also like, you know, Epsom salts, for instance, like taking an Epsom salts bath. If you look online about like the uses of Epsom salts and like the the qualities that people think that Epsom salts have and like, you know, how they can like truly heal you and stuff. Right. You're like, OK, crazy. I believe it up until here and then yeah. I don't believe it past well, then. But it made me think like I'd be really great at starting like a kind of like a cult. Right. Because there are mm-hmm. things, so many things like the Epsom well, we'd be, this is That's obviously what this podcast is eventually pivoting yes. to, as we've talked about many times. I We're feel the like, Epsom salt of, of podcasts. Exactly. I feel like what, well, <laughs> Emily's aura reading teacher and our math teacher who's into the Zodiac, I always think that's interesting where it's like you, you just assume that like science people don't believe in like crazy things, but that's not true at all. It's not true. And like so right. much of science... I was really obsessed with alchemy for a long time. Mm-hmm. You wrote a great play, I wrote about, a play alchemy. about alchemy. Well, but I was just like, <laughs> the idea was like so much of chemistry came out of alchemy as right. like a well, byproduct it's like a system. of people trying people to in- like do crazy, impossible things. Also, crystals. Yeah. I mean, like, look. Do I have well, any system of understanding, like any any cause effect, whether it's yes. actually real or not. But like to be able to think about some sort of taxonomy and system of like one thing affecting another, like that can be fun. Like even if it's totally fake, like yeah. just to think yeah. about, you know, a way of organizing your understanding of the world. Well, it makes things uh, make sense. So you don't yeah. go crazy. For yeah. Some people I went into crystal store the other day and sort of reached my my limit of crystals, yeah. which is that I was like, <laughs> here's the thing. Because like the person who worked there was talking about like charging them in the moon and they will give you positive energy. Right. And I was like, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what's very therapeutic is making yourself 
go through these weird rituals. It's not about the people. Yeah, the action. I know people who are really into like holding them because it's like a worry stone. Exactly. It's like something to absorb your anxiety if you're like on a plane or something. But in a way, it also has like a video game quality of like giving yourself a task that doesn't, it's not a practical task. I mean, literally being like pick up an object, put it in the moonlight. Like it means you're going outside to like an area at night and then like going inside, like having completed this weird task that you assigned yourself. Right. I feel like that's a very as soon as people are spending thing. money on it, I well, feel that's like it's the a thing. problem. But here's what I was going to say: is like what I find so silly about that kind of crystal stuff, and obviously it's a big part of new age stuff. Is what's amazing about crystals is that the fucking earth made them. I know. Like yeah. when you go to the Hall of Gems as a kid, and you're just like, all of these things exist in nature for some reason. Yeah. Like that is amazing. To me, you don't need to put anything on top of that. Exactly. Yeah. But if there weren't people who were obsessed with categorizing them and like talking about their energies and talking about their differences, you might fail to like notice them in the way that you do, <laughs> man. I you mean, know? for me, also like for something like a diamond, like the fact that it's so dense that light moves through it in a different way—that's enough for me. Like that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that or was like a prism, just a good yeah. old-fashioned prism is prisms crazy. Prisms are cool. Prisms are cool. Uh, I wanted to bring up just as a side note about the Integratron, because I I think I was kind of when I was trying to summarize the Integratron last week, I was kind of. I think blending the mythology of the Integratron and Starfire Water. <laughs> yes, tell us about Starfire Water. Ah, uh, Starfire Water. It is a water, <laughs> a bottled water that is sold. I've only ever seen it in Los Angeles, but I know for sure they sell it at M Cafe. And I make a point of getting one. We've had our last couple of like night call lunches at M Cafe on Melrose. Because it's near the studio. Spoiler alert. First. <laughs> and they sell Starfire water, but I need it for can my... I, can I guess what I think it is? Is um, it sure. like full of charged crystals? Well, it gets better. Um, I'm going to read you. This is the label of Starfire water. Thirst the fire. Legend has it that the mystical starfire was the liquid mana of the divine used by the ancients for ultra-focus, extreme performance, and even enlightenment. In that vein, we introduced starfire water, a proprietary alkaline performance bioholographic living water ah. produced using breakthrough 21st century quantum water technology. <laughs> starfire water is treated with ultraviolet oxygenation, infrared stimulation, and electromagnetism for a negative, parentheses negative sign, ion charged water, as in nature, allowing deep cellular intake through your aquaporins, the floodgates to hydration. <laughs> Vortex induced. No, this is not. This, I'm about halfway done. Oh Vortex induced using a solar helix and pyramid grid pattern to give it a hexagonal structure and infused with mono, t- monotomic elements. We are able to achieve a water with cosmic healing energy. This water is amplified with some kind of sonic wave. I can't read it on the label. Uh, oscillation tuned to the planet's frequency. And it becomes illegible after a certain point on here because I'm looking at a bad picture. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Altogether, wow. we've created the world's, world's finest performance living hexagonal superstructured water. I need to know um, why it's living. They don't explain. I don't, 
Why so is it you living? can go. There's a YouTube address on the back of the bottle, a YouTube uh, hyperlink, uh, which I I did look at, and it has like 1,000 views on it or something. But it's just somebody at like some kind of health food fair talking about how oh yeah it does I do feel really energized with this water. Look, um, it has a picture of like a like a bird and a yin yang and stuff. Did on it the... make you feel hexagonal? <laughs> It's nice tasting water. Uh, it costs about six dollars for a bottle, so no, that's that's hexagonal, like six dollars, six sides. That's Look. some living water. You can that's make a, a pet. You can make a buck. That's yeah, insane guys, Emily. You but buy it's like this the water? only bottle. Uh, yeah, you get it at uh, at at, at uh, M Cafe. There's like another place. I think downtown somewhere where they had a selection of waters, and um, that was one of them. There was also the Beverly Hills water, BH2O. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, is, it's fun to do th- silly things. I gave Molly I where we go. one of my favorite yeah. waters, oh a my hint God, water. You saved my night. life with yeah. that hint and what, water. Are you still thinking about that hint? I am, yeah. yeah. I love uh, Is that water. the the slightly minty water? No, it's, it's a slightly it's, flavored with fruit water. It can be flavored with many oh. things. It's like it's a so flat good. LaCroix, but it has a stronger flavor <laughs> than LaCroix. And <laughs> I don't know, though, Emily... If you smoked a lot of weed, you might like this water. That's what led me to this water was being like, I don't like the taste of normal water. Like, I need something punchier but not bubbly. I like some normal water. I'm not into normal water in general. I don't drink a lot of water. Oh, you I should. Water, oh, you gotta drink your water. No, I, don't, I don't like to drink. My brother opened the floodgates to hydration. You gotta open the the porous. <laughs> My mom doesn't like the flavor of water. She only drinks carbonated water. She will not drink flat water. And mm. I felt weird about carbonated water because when you're very thirsty, it like burns as you suck it down. <laughs> so I needed. Well, I was so thirsty last night because we ate ramen, and yeah. then you offered me a water. I always have a hint <laughs> water in my purse. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Hint water, please sponsor yeah. us. Yeah. And Starfire water. We can have a conflict of interest. I'm, I'm like a little sus of the Starfire water. I got to be real. $6 well, listen, water. Go to star, starfirewaterdelivery.com and see, uh, become a believer. Okay. Next time stock you're images here, of ladies drinking water. we should all go to Erewhon and just all pick out the Oh, oh they definitely things. have it. Is it, it Erewhon or yeah. Erewhon? <laughs> Erewhon and it's a made up thing. It's nowhere backwards. It's nowhere backwards. I've been there. It's, I, it's one of those places that I go and I can't find anything to eat in there. Like nothing's ringing any bells for me. You don't like an like activated a, yam? No. I don't like sprouted things. I'm not a grain person. Oh, no, no, You're not a kelp person. noodle person? No. I'm such a kelp noodle person. Oh, oh my no, God. No. They're so good. If they don't have any calories. That's I like all the silly me. health food. I feel like it's something thing about being from California just like oh I love it all I love a goddamn salad I love salad too but I but the salads that I like are not air where do you fall on a hippie sandwich I like hippie sandwiches fine, but it, the bread cannot have seeds in it because I'm an anti And there can't be bread. alfalfa sprouts on it? No, I'm okay with sprouts. I hate, oh, sprouts are a deal, deal killer oh, for me. I like the I idea of eating an entire plant. It I makes me feel some, powerful. I bought some sprouts yesterday. I buy sprouts. I go to sprouts. Oh, you go to sprouts. No, I also <laughs> buy sprouts. Yeah. I buy sprouts at uh, sprouts. Oh sprouts God. squared. So we're going to take a night call. From our buddy Holly, who has a question about the desert again. Hey, Night Call. This is Holly. And I was wondering what you think it is about the American Southwest, like geographically, that inspires so many otherworldly stories or inspires actual aliens to land there. Who knows? Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. 
Thank you, Holly, for giving us a good question. Thanks, Holly. Full disclosure, that's Holly Anderson, friend of the pod. So I, um, this is like barely related, but it made me think of this. I got the, like one of the only Blu-rays I own, um, but it's one of my favorite movies and came out on Criterion, but uh, True Stories, the David Byrne movie. uh, And there's some quote in it because it takes place in Texas. And there was some quote, I think from, I think it was from David Byrne, who is like, there's something about a bit like the bigger a space is, the wider the space, the more empty space it, there is. Theoretically, everybody should have space to do whatever they want and be into whatever they want. And nobody should feel like somebody else doing what they're into or getting into whatever weird thing they're into is infringing on their space. And I think sometimes that doesn't always bear out maybe especially in more conservative parts of Texas. But I think like that's sort of the thing I, uh, when we were talking about um, New Mexico yesterday or last week, that was sort of the thing I dug about it. It felt like you're kind of, you have the real estate to wave your freak flag to believe the things you want to believe, to get into whatever conspiracy theories you want to get into, and nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna rain on your parade, you literally, because there's no rain. Sky also. Yeah. That seems very conducive to UFO stuff is just being having a lot of time to look at the sky and having a lot of sky not blocked out by skyscrapers. Yeah. Or I think there's also something at this point. And so we're we're, going to be talking about Roswell, New Mexico again, because it's going to be on tomorrow if you're listening to this the day the podcast comes out. And there's something about now, especially like at this point, someplace like Roswell, it's also like a like a self propelling myth like it's part of the dna of that area now it's just like alien shit (laughs) yeah and it's like americana because it's like yeah yeah. 66 all that stuff and it's like very atomic age stuff and roadside attraction stuff of like yeah you you have a car and you can drive places now and like what will make you go to a place yeah. Um, so, wait, and, I'm just still thinking about why aliens would land in the desert. And you guys, yeah, let's just, talk about I this just, question. I just wanted to say that it's because it's the only place where there's enough like clearing to land your spaceship. Right. Right. There's That's runway. A good That's it. No, it's not a theory. That's just the truth. Like, think about it. <laughs> well, like, I, where like, else would they do it? I liked what we came up with last week, which is that they're coming for the Christmas-style chili. Well, that's definitely true. But it's also like you don't want to – if you're landing a spaceship, what if like at your home planet you don't have trees, you don't know what they are, like the mountains, irregular terrain. It's all like really hard it to navigate. It looks the most like the Martian landscape. Yeah, and it's also right. like it's like if you pass, you know, a supermarket and you see like a big huge empty parking lot, even if you don't need anything, you're like seems really easy to just pop in. So that's what they're thinking. If we were if you think about humans going and exploring other planets and trying to find a place to land that feels like it would be um like friendly or at least easy to traverse. We would probably look for a place that's like near a body of water mm-hmm. that has growing things and that kind of like something that feels earth-like. Yeah. And if you're coming from say Mars, like you're going to look for the thing that looks most Mars-like. It makes sense. And the place with the Christmas chili. So. And the pl- yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the, the life-giving nutrient. It's yeah. also like the desert has been subbed for alien places in film and TV so much. Like Star yeah. Trek is all just shot in like the desert. Yeah. They're like, we're on another world. Because it's California. But yeah, so the, <laughs> the idea that 
they're not inhospitable to life. They're just hospitable to different kinds of life. Different yeah. kinds of life. Uh, you guys went to the interactive uh, experience yes, on Sunset Boulevard for Roswell, New Mexico. And in the show, so Liz, who's the main character, her family owns this diner called the Crash Down Diner, which is like an alien-themed diner, which looks super awesome. And I wish we could hang out there and record our podcast there. Well. IRL. <laughs> but uh, you did the next best thing, which is you went to like a recreation of it that was on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, it was called Crash Down on Sunset and it was in the old Tower Records, which I was obviously very excited about, Yep, on the Sunset Strip. And so I picked us up and we went there last night and it was super fun. And they had the Crashdown Cafe inside. And That's so awesome. we legit like hung out there for so long. <laughs> for so long. Like, it's with, like a very Twin Peaksy type like yeah, diner vibe. It's it a feels perfect like. fake diner, and they had a jukebox that was playing like Three Dog Night yep. One, <laughs> Harry Nilsson's One. It was all like songs that we like anyway. Uh, <laughs> and there was fake food. There was fake food. Prop food and drinks are like something that I just oh, never get sick of looking beautiful. at. Beautiful. There was like a <laughs> fake cherry pie and like yeah. a fake uh, milkshake. Some of of the things could be moved off the table, but others could not. Yeah. So we had to like go through everything to find out <laughs> what things oh, were. Oh, I love that. That sounds so fun. Oh, it was so fun. And then it's there like were, a like, children's museum. Vibe. Exactly. It was like yeah. a children's yeah. museum. Um, and then there was like a setup with some alien eggs that changed color. Yeah. Changed color when you touch them. Spoiler uh, alert: There are video. alien eggs in Roswell, New Mexico. The show. <laughs> and the, it was funny, yeah, because all the like alien environments just felt very like a chill out room. Yeah, it did. You yeah. were like, oh, I could just hang out here. If that had been in a, like in a tent at Coachella, right? You know, it would have been totally. Oh yeah, reasonable. totally. By the way, that's a good idea to bring. Yeah, the, somebody like, get on that sponsored tie-in pop-ups to Coachella, so that you can hang out just with places the alien to eggs. like ride out your your freak out with the alien <laughs> eggs. <laughs> I'm into it. It was really, it was fun and everybody there was really nice. Yeah, but, um, we did all of the things and then we went back to the diner. That was the thing. We yeah. like finished the course <laughs> of, of photo things and then we were like, let's just go hang out in the diner some more. Are you gonna, right what here. if they just like leave it? Like nobody else wants that space. So they just like make it a real diner. You should oh, petition yeah. for that to happen. Well, we were saying there's also, there's like a Saved by the Bell diner in yes, West Hollywood yeah. that's a pop-up that's just kind of seemingly semi-permanent. And it's it was no, always weird. really busy because... It's the max. I, it's by Target, so like you're milling around outside and you're like, oh, I should go in, and then it's like weirdly always crowded. It's going to be featured on this season of Vanderpump Rules, apparently. Which it's going to be featured on this sense. season of Night Call, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we talked to the people also who did the Roswell pop-up because we were like, oh, we're here from a podcast and... Like, what? how are you guys involved with this? And yeah. they were saying they worked for the company that put on the pop-up that has also done other, like, experiential L.A. pop-up things, including the house from It that was at Hollywood and Vine yeah. for several months. Um, and then I guess you went through it and it eventually became, like, a larger haunt somewhere else. But it looked terrifying because there was like... It a- looked too scary. I almost went and then I was just like, <laughs> I don't know, actually. The clown from It is so scary. scary. I know. Well, I think like you guys wanting to hang out at the diner kind of speaks to 
I don't know. I think I really like dig the world of the show. Ros- yeah, me in too. Roswell, New I... Mexico, because it's like it, it is that kind of thing that's super Americana-ish and kind of kooky. And you kind of feel like there could be a lot of interesting things that happen in a town where everybody's like kind of obsessed with slash sick of hearing about aliens. Yeah. And we were hearing actually from our producer, Roy, who knows some people in New Mexico that... Yeah. It is like that, that every yeah. it's the local culture of yeah. the town. So everybody celebrates it as like the town's culture. And there's a UFO festival. Tess, go with the pronunciation of ufology. 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 And we go. should all definitely we go. We should go. Yeah. Um, um, there's another one in the L.A., in the high desert, I think, which we could also check no, out. No, thanks. Pass no, on that. No, no, like a Joshua tree. No, like, come I'm good. On. Nah, come on. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> I could Skype into that, though, if you guys want. I also like in Roswell, I, I became very fond of the, like, nostalgia aspect. Liz is ending up going back, and then there's a high school reunion. And obviously, you know, there are tensions that are existent still from um, high school years. It's their 10th reunion, I think. But... They played. I was Molly. Molly and I were watching the show at the same time, and uh, definitely harkened back to the Counting Crows record that came out. Oh my we God! Yes, school. yes. Well, yeah. but also, did you guys know that Mrs. Potter's Lullaby was about Monica Potter, the actress, <laughs> who ended up going on some dates with Adam Duritz, which what? is also just like a strange addition to his Is that what the name of, of that having... song is? Yes, it is. That's, this is the rumor. This is the rumor. Song facts backs me up. I thought yeah. you were going to say it was about UFOs. No, it's not about <laughs> UFOs. It was... What if Counting Crows is about UFOs? Well, if there's going to be an alien walking among us, it's could it be Duritz? Oh, I was going to say <laughs> the animal crow. The animal, the crow. Yeah, they're so smart. <laughs> they're very they smart, are, but so are. are a lot of birds. <laughs> Let's get back. Um, right. In the in the pilot episode, Liz comes back to her town. She kind of reunites with her high school sweetheart, Max. And then very quickly, it becomes apparent that Max is uh, one of several aliens that landed uh, in Roswell in the uh, famous 1947. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Crash. And he's just kind of been chilling incognito as a hot police officer <laughs> as a hot cop a hot cop. Uh, <laughs> very confusing can you imagine the balls it takes to land on it's another a hot... planet and be like i'm gonna police this i'm gonna this be a planet. cop well, yeah. like no it's genius we're like we just want to like hang out and live our lives well because they're by a lot well spoiler 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 yeah they are they are both assimilated humans and yes, aliens yes. because right. the nature yeah. of saying, when they arrived. This well, show you, reminds you were me sa- also of True Blood. Blood yeah. Yeah. Right, and I was I saying that too. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing about this one, because it is, it does have a lot of that kind of like it also has a paranormal guy, romance. Is from true, was in True yeah. Blood yeah. as a boyfriend like, of Jessica, the hot vampire. Right. But like I think the thing that makes it kind of interesting is not that they're these predators that are kind of living among the humans, but that they're like actually scared and like trying to like hide themselves, which feels a lot more interesting. Like they're more vulnerable than just like sexy predators. No, for sure. And they make it very apparent early on that like the metaphor is intentional. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Because but it like works. As you were saying, it's like somebody getting stopped by ice. Yeah. And her father, Liz's father is undocumented. 
were talking about one, would you date an alien if it oh. was in the bo- a body of a human? And also, what if you found out your high school sweetheart had been an alien all along? There are so <laughs> many people who you wouldn't be surprised if you found out they'd been an alien all along. <laughs> Who's chief among them? Tess made a list of hot aliens. I, I think did. the idea that maybe super hot people are aliens is a good theory. Yeah. Remember that period when models all look like aliens? It's the very high cheekbones yeah. and wide set mm-hmm. eyes. Right. Is kind they of have close the triangle face. Looks like an alien. Yeah. So Tess was saying, she was like, who's the hottest alien? And I was like, are aliens really hot normally? Because I was thinking no. of the alien from Alien who's hot in their own way, <laughs> obviously. That's generous. But I feel like we should check in with these hot aliens. I have Jeff Goldblum from Earth Girls Are Easy. Being okay. one of them, yeah. Mac. Sure. Amen, uh, amen. All the Earth Girls are easy. Yeah. Bowie, mm-hmm. who we mentioned last week, but just right. to like reemphasize mm-hmm. that. Jeff Bridges in Oh, in Starman. Star oh, that's yeah. a hot alien for Although, sure. I must say that I have to qualify that he is taking a human form of a dead husband, if memory serves. I think he's like yes. shape shifting. I like that all the yeah. hot aliens that's are cheating. just hot seventies guys. Yeah, so that's well, like yeah. the dad in um, in Contact too. Like yes, that's an yeah. alien in the shape of. Her dad, I don't know yeah. if that counts because obviously, if you shape shift, you're going to shape shift into someone hot. It's not like how you look. But <laughs> but again, the idea is like maybe we wouldn't know. We wouldn't be able to comprehend with our eyes. Yeah. It would be as though we were wearing a blindfold from Bird Box. It's true. Exactly. We keep tying it back to Bird Box. Thank you. That's thank you. Here. And then also Mila Jovovich, from yeah, Fifth number Island, one, obviously, who who I think is like a believable you know, personification yeah. of a hot alien. I was also to bring it all back around. I was saying the Fifth Element opera scene is exactly what the masked singer is like. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're so um, in the masked well, singer like so what, well. To what me. you think the future will be like, and now that right. we're in the weird cyberpunk future, it's like give us the weird cyberpunk shows. Yeah, me as well. It's like in episode three of Star Wars, uh, the the uh, prequels, where they go to an opera and it's just like balls of light in an in an arena. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna bring up another. Uh, I'm gonna bring up another really geeky example of a hot alien, which is uh, Jadzia Dax in uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. But she's not. So again, it's it's sort of a stretch because she's uh, a host body for um, a trill, which is like a. Uh, it, it's like this. Many hundreds, I think hundreds of years old creature is that Spock like has to jump alien? from. Yeah, people yeah, love Spock. Vulcan. No, eh. not for me, but like a lot of people think. Spock I like is hot. I like the Zachary Quinto Spock. I think he's yeah, right. Um, no, mm. <laughs> I won't let you do that. <laughs> um, also, Kristen Johnson and Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, that's uh, those are all the hot aliens. Who else is a hot alien? There have to be more. So if. Somebody wanted to get with you, but they were an alien. Would you feel like they automatically had ulterior motives? Oh, species. That's what I was thinking of. She's an alien, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. That's the hottest yeah. alien. Yeah, yeah. So that's the hottest you, alien. Would you get with an alien or would you be, like, nervous that they were going to, like, what, abduct you? Also, this is a I, – I was looking this up for other reasons this week, but this is considered a, um, a close encounter of the seventh kind when you mate with an alien. Uh, oh. It's, there's levels here. The seventh um, kind? What yes. comes before that? There's all sorts of – like where are you uh, – communication, touch, all that, but like mating or, or when a hybrid is produced, I believe is the seventh kind. Whoa, yeah. is there stuff beyond seventh? Is that like if they lick your eyeball? That's that's eight. (laughs) Go to eighth base. You're in eighth base with the alien. I mean, I'd do it. I wouldn't be too paranoid. Well, I think what we've learned is that the aliens are going to be really hot. So, yeah, better be. You know, if that's something you're concerned about. I love how the aliens are hot on Roswell, but they also like 
arrived in these glowing pink eggs. Like, that's so adorable to me. I, I just like it's so endearing. That I they... feel like <laughs> we have yet to learn if they have any memories of right. the poor Earth. That's like kind of what I'm curious about is because if they don't, then aren't they just like super? They basically are like people with superpowers, kind of. Did you guys yeah, watch they have, Out like, of This healing World? Powers. Yeah, Out of This um, World was so good. It's my other favorite. Do you ever watch yeah. Out of This World? I did not. It was a sitcom um, about a girl who was an alien, and she talked to her dad through a glowing orb. Yep. It was like a crystal. <laughs> he gave her advice from it his It was just planet. part of the weird 80s shows where people were doing so much coke that they were like, yeah, she's an alien. It was on an alien kid. Well, there's also the one where Small Wonder I was thinking about last oh, night. Oh, Small Wonder was good, too. Yeah. Robot. Maybe robots come after aliens. I mean, they can all exist in the same plane. Like with crystals, man, they're just like, they are what you want them to be. They're just other. So the premiere of Roswell, the premiere episode is on January 15th, which if you're, again, if you're listening to this the day we drop, then this should be tomorrow. Uh, and then it'll be available on CW to stream on the CW's app. I don't know. I'm excited to see more of it. It's It feels like good to have a good paranormal teen show or like yeah. YA adjacent show. It gives me the to. X-Files feeling too. <laughs> totally. I'm yeah. just happy about. I like a big practical effect egg. Yeah. And a hot guy in it. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we wanted to really quickly just talk about slash point people to an article on the outline Um about the School of Practical Philosophy, which if you uh, have ever lived in New York, you are probably familiar with or have seen ads for on the subway. The article is by Katie Bloom, and she kind of just like decided to take the bait because these these posters are have always been in the subway. I think for you know, I, I mean, I've I've seen them as long as I've been here. I think they've been around for decades, but um, kind of. Uh, offering these introductory general practice philosophy classes and they, you know, promise happiness or, you know, a greater understanding of life. All things that sound great. And the school of practical philosophy, that sounds like a like I, I'm interested in practical philosophy. I think we talked about this a little bit when Richard Lawson was on the podcast because he's also kind of Yeah, it sounds like it's a New it. York specific. It uh, is. I don't yeah. remember it from growing up. But we I obviously have there. plenty of billboards for weird things in L.A. Yeah, this is a very, I don't know, it's like the, the New York version of it and it doesn't seem as dippy as like the LA version of it well also because it's cheap yes which is the best thing about it is that it's ten dollars yeah and it's like a 10-week course and so anyway uh Katie Blue and the writer went and you know was not impressed with her first class and it just seemed like philosophy for people who don't want to like actually grapple with any hard questions like everything was just sort of like we're all a part of the truth of the world, like that kind of stuff. But well, then I thought she that kind the of... best nugget was when she said that her instructor posed a question for everyone to think about a challenging situation that they were like, didn't know what to do. And then she, the kind of solution to this that was supposed to be revelatory was, well, what would a wise person do? And the author <laughs> yes. was like, well, if I knew that, it wouldn't be a problem. Like what? That's yeah. Like almost like a rhetorically a dumb question, do? you know? Yeah. It's like smooth brain philosophy or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a really interesting article. Uh, we wanted to get more stories, I think. I think they're not nearly enough about things that are like not cults, but kind of have the 
the feeling, the sort of packaging of a cult, especially things that exist in cities, I think, because that's that's a little, it's, you know, I feel like the image of an American cult is some kind of like commune out in the country. But I feel like if you were offering some sort of life improvement course or some kind of 10 week program to improve your life or take money from people, I feel like city dwellers are like easier marks just because like you're more likely to be run down and feel like, oh, yeah, I could use some practical philosophy. But also the SPP, like when she goes into the background of it, it does have many of the kind of like markings of a cult. I mean, it has disconnection from family members who aren't involved, a lot of volunteer requirements. So I think we're looking for stories of things that are somewhere on the cult spectrum, wherever that may fall. Right. Anything culty. But you should call us and tell us your experiences uh, with these things or your thoughts or fears about yeah. Yeah, please culty call things. In. 240-46-NIGHT. Or you can email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to be anonymous, just let us know and we will oh, yeah. reveal your identity so the cults can't come after you. <laughs> um, but thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We'll be back next week. And, yeah, give us a call. Yeah, give us a night call. Happy night calls to you. Wee Whee! This week's night call is brought to you by Roswell, New Mexico. Catch the all-new series, Roswell, New Mexico, Tuesday at 9, 8 central, only on The CW, or anytime on the free CW app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.